There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And here's Mary. And we are here with episode 53, Bacteria. <laughs> That is good for you. <laughs> da, 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 da. Da, yeah, you know, ba- there's good bacteria. There's bacteria in your teeth. Brush them. There's bacteria on the sink. Wipe it off. There's bacteria on the floor. Run. Clean it up. Run, run. It's the bacteria. <laughs> yeah, Put those well, masks on. Talk about programming. Yeah, as we talked about in our last podcast, it's, you know, we need to build our immune system. But today we're going to talk about bacteria that is good for you, which... I bet you you didn't know. So we're going to be talking about bacteria, your gut bacteria to be precise, and how it will help you live longer and better. And we'll cover what bacteria it is, bacteria is, and why it has such a bad rap and how it can help you today. So we know you're tuning in because you want to live better and longer, so we thought we'd make it really easy for you and give you your first step towards staying healthy and fit. We have created a cheat sheet to tell you what foods are good for you and which ones to avoid. This list is simply the easiest step you can take right now to make a real difference in your health. So head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and grab your copy today. This is the simplest, easiest first step you can take today to keep yourself healthy and energetic. So after the show, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and start making a difference today. Okay. Now, As I like what you just said there. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. You say it. You say it again. Well, I, I like it. We don't die because we have a disease. We have a disease because we're dying. And we're dying because we have the an, wrong, un, an unhealthy gut. The, the wrong, wrong bacteria. Flora. You got it. Overgrown bacteria because we don't have the right bacteria. Well, when it's gut. out of balance, one of them is going to predominate over the other. And the whole idea is for the good bacteria to predominate over the bad, but sometimes it's the other way around. Yeah, the masters and the slaves. And while I don't believe Hippocrates had a microscope, at least there's no evidence they had him back then, that he could see the bacteria, he still knew that health began in the gut. Yeah, because if you can't absorb your nutrition and excrete your toxins, what have you got? You know, we were talking about this the other day. This is kind of gross, but it's what happens. We went to the movie, um, I can never say it, Re- The Revenant. Revenant. Yes. <laughs> and there's, it's really gory and horrible and awful. And this guy gets a gut wound. He gets shot in the gut. Yes. And my brother, that's you know a medical doctor, he's, a, he's an anesthesiologist. And he said it's really sad when people come in with a gut wound because they're going to die. There's nothing we can do. We can't transplant a gut and intestines. Right. And they they are sitting there talking. They seem normal. You know, we dope them up so at least they're not in a ton of pain. And we tell the parents, you know, they've got a couple hours. And the parents go crazy. They're like, hey, they're fine. He looks normal. He looks normal. He's talking. What, how could he die? Because when you can't absorb nutrition, water, for instance, 
or food, and then you can't excrete the toxins. It's really a horrible way to die, and it happens pretty fast with a gut wound. So that's how important our intestines and our gut is to us just to stay alive. And so in the movie, there was a guy that got I don't want to give it away, but obviously there's a lots of wounds in that show. Yes, spoiler alert. He yeah. returns. That's why it's called the Revenant. <laughs> and the the gut wound that is in there, he will die, but you don't die immediately from it unless it hits an artery or something like that. Well, yeah, but, it takes a while to bleed to death with a gut wound. That's well, true. Well, no, if it hits an artery, if it hits an artery or the ascending or descending yeah. uh, aortas, uh, your or the the descending aorta or the inferior vena cava that's bringing blood back, you penetrate one of those two with a bullet, you're over with. Yeah, you're done really quickly. But I just mean if it's severed, you know, you can't absorb food anymore, it dies. Well, that one little spot, that's true. And then look at the massive infection that's going to take place when that contents of the gut get in the bloodstream big time, let alone leaky. Talk about a leaky gut. (laughs) But that's not usually what happens to us in the world, so we're not going to talk about that anymore. So let's talk about what is a healthy gut bacteria. Well, 85% of our immune system is in our gut. And if we laid it out flat, it would cover a tennis court. Now think about that for a second. That's big. That's a very large area of vulnerability for us for anything infective, anything toxic, anything damaging to get into our bloodstream. We're talking the size of a tennis court. Now, that doesn't mean that if you took the gut out and you cut one long, cut a incision down the side of it and opened it up, it's as big as the tennis court. We're talking about all the surface area because of all the villi, mm-hmm. all the finger-like projections, mm-hmm. all the folds, everything else. Let me give you another example. Why are there so many folds in the brain? There's the sulci and the gyrus. You know, the, the little crevices and the folds. Anybody sees a brain, sure, they know the, right. The sulci, because yeah, that's of the, course. Yes, the, the sulci, <laughs> not the sulci. The I don't sulci. know, you tell Because it. you can't fit all of that brain into a skull the size we have unless you fold it over on itself several times. <gasps> that's why in my, my drawer, if I fold my clothes, I can fit more in there rather than just stuffing exactly. them in. Exactly. Which I if, never do, of If course. there were no folds, if there were no sulci or gyrus to the brain surfaces, the brain would be three feet wide. We'd be big heads. We would be a real fat what's head. That, what's that thing you say? The four, five, a five head. Five foreheads? Not a forehead, a five head. <laughs> if you can put your fingers on your forehead. And you, you know, got... like Jed Clampett, a five head. <laughs> so anyway, the same thing with the gut. We can't have a tennis court size organ in our stomach, in our (laughs) abdominal cavity. Okay. So we have all these finger-like projections, all these little (laughs) tiny villi. And if you open it up, it's the size of a tennis court. Okay. So that's a big area where we are vulnerable. Yes. But Mother Nature (laughs) gave us a thick area of bacteria Hmm. or a carpet to cover the the tennis court size gut to protect us from anything in the environment or even transitory pathogens. And Mm -hmm. that's mostly what it is, transitory that are coming through with what we eat Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, And our gut has a second brain in it. Do you know our our small intestine has brain tissue in it? Yeah, it's connected to the vagus nerve. Yeah. The 10th cranial nerve, the vagus nerve. And interestingly enough. But did you know it was brain tissue in there? Well, yes. Okay. In our fetal development. Okay. As that nerve in, pervades and takes up residence inside the gut, uh, 85% of that nerve 
is information in the gut coming back to the brain, telling the brain what's going on. That's only, cool. Only 15% is telling the gut, release this enzyme, release this acid, release this alkaline. The, the brain telling it to do that. Um, uh, telling it to contract so that peristalsis takes place, the movement, the, the rhythmic contraction of the, small t- or the smooth muscle tissue. That's why if you, if, you do, if you stretch out your colon, you don't get the nerve signals from oh, the nerves the, spread from out the colon right. they spread out so far that from the colon to the brain saying oh i i'm full down here i got a tr- i got problems <laughs> yeah you need to send me some back up back information up. yeah peristalsis yeah the same thing happens with any kind of an organ because of malnutrition or atrophy or whatever else when it begins to stretch gravity will stretch the heart uh-huh. gravity will stretch the bladder the nerve endings start spreading out because the tissue is stretching and so the actual signal to that smooth muscle to contract or open a sphincter or release a sphincter begins to be inhibited. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just getting excited here because I love this stuff. And so the communication from the organ to the brain or from the brain to the organ gets disrupted to some degree. Now the vagus nerve that is telling the small intestine what to do, only 15%, 85% of that nerve is sensory information coming back to the brain, brain tissue to brain tissue, telling the brain the alkaline condition, the pH condition, the bacterial condition, and all kinds of information we haven't even begun to discover. And a little side note here, if you have an enlarged heart, you know, stretched out, just like we were talking, they're they're going in now and putting these little bras on hearts and pulling them up so they'll... The you know, coronary bra, the yeah, core bra. So, so they'll beat more, you know, efficiently. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, because we don't have healers anymore to heal the heart, which heals very quickly. Same with the colon, same with the small intestine, same with anything um, that's really important. Yeah, you it's know? usually the result of malnutrition <laughs> and the wrong people showing up. Trying to tell you Did what you to do. Did you ever work at a job where they had the wrong people there? <laughs> and you're wondering why what was ordered didn't go out the door when it was supposed to. And it's, you look around, you say, you know what? I think we have bad bacteria in here. <laughs> and that's what happens in the so gut. So our gut has a second brain. Yes. And it talks to our real brain, I mean our main brain, every single second. It's very, very complicated what goes on. Our gut flora produces every antibiotic under the sun, every antifungal substance, antiviral substance, and all kinds of other substances that neutralize pathogens. And and, and those are all the transitory ones I was talking about. The, That's the, the good flora. The good gut flora does all these things. Right. We have a little argument about this, though. <laughs> yeah, because you think all bacteria is good. I do not. Here, here take this. I do not. Take this typhoid right here. Take this. <laughs> I do not. I think they work in cooperation. Now, let well, me I agree with this. that. I know I agree with you. This is Dr. McBride, and I'm going to quote her because she says it better than anybody. She said, I don't believe this theory that humanity has subscribed to for hundreds of years, that nature works on survival of the fittest. Nature works in cooperation. Every bug that comes to our body has been invited. There's some job it needs to do for us. So every cold we get, every virus, every flu that we get is necessary. They come as cleansers. They come as purgers. They will come and remove something from your body that if left in your body will cause something far more serious, far more terrible. So every viral infection is a blessing. Every cold is a blessing. It should not be fought and it should not be medicalized. It should be helped. 
So viruses do us a favor. No, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, because we talked on another podcast, I can't remember which one, where this little boy, it was on CNN, and we you know, probably illegally talked about... Not illegally, we, just without permission, we yeah, put it on the podcast. I think we played it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anybody. But it was from CNN where this little boy had cancer, he contracted measles, and his cancer went away. Mm-hmm. I mean, big, big pause there. It just cleaned out. That's what she's talking about yeah, here. Yeah, and when they were talking about it, one of them had this sh- kind of shocked look on their, f- what, measles cured cancer? Yeah, as we talked about with skin cancer in Huntsman Cancer Clinic that injected a virus into a cancer on a skin cancer and cured the cancer. Do we know if the Huntsman Cancer uh, Center was using vi- uh, measles virus? No, we don't know. We don't know what they, yeah. yeah. I think it just alerts the immune system. It, yeah. Just the get, immune system can't see the cancer. The cancer can't see us. Dr. McBride talks about the fact that our body will make us crave certain foods that have certain parasites in them that will eat away at cancer no, cells. I have no problem with that. Yeah. So, so you know, I tend to say when I'm alone, when you're not around to correct me, I say there are no good or bad viruses. There are just viruses that do different jobs. So... They need to be, some need to be the master, some need to be the slaves. Okay, now now that, see, now you just distinguish between good and evil, master and slave. Well, okay. Because even Dr. McBride herself says you want a predominance of the good bacteria to keep the bad bacteria sure, at bay. Sure, sure. And you can call them that. It's just fine. But, you know, the but thing is... But I understand what you're y- saying. Y- and, you, you know, use the, the idea that you, you're not going to go eat a cup full of cholera, you know. But the thing is, you're not attracted to feces, it smells. You're not attracted to stale, putrid water that would have cholera in it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Exactly. So we want clear, clean water. We've wanted it for thousands and thousands of years. Yes. So, you know, you just have to use some common sense there also. So would you say that a healthy gut bacteria, a good one, would be something that gives value back to us in return for what we give it? Yeah. Like we- a house, a home, and food, and moisture, and water? So it gives something back to us. And if I understand I like that. if I understand what you teach, those two major things are um the thing the the uh nutrients it provides for us mm-hmm. and it keeps the possibility of some harmful bacteria at bay by keeping its population down. Well, it does a whole lot more than that. Sure. Okay, the first thing that it does is enables us to absorb our food. It breaks down our proteins into Amino acids, it, it emulsifies our fats so we can take those fats, teeny, teeny little things, the lipase comes in and cuts them up and we can get them into our bloodstream and heal our bodies. That's that's a huge thing it does, our gut does. Um, it also um, produces all the B vitamin. It, it synthesizes them and has a little factory for B vitamins inside of our gut. Wow. Isn't that cool? All of them. You can't go for one or two minutes without B vitamins. You know, so if you take uh, B vitamins orally, you have to do it every day because... They're water-soluble, and they will be washed out of the body every 24 hours. Yeah. And so when I learned that in biochemistry in school, I was wondered, well, there's all these people running around who are alive, and they're not taking B vitamins <laughs> every day, and they're still alive because you cannot process 
glucose. You can't break glucose, you know, your fundamental energy that you get from carbohydrates without B vitamins. That's one of their major jobs is the processing of carbohydrates. Yeah. So how were they able to live without taking B vitamins because every day? Because we have redundant systems set up in our body. If we don't eat fat, our liver makes fat. If we don't eat B vitamins, which you mostly get from organ meat, it makes them. Now, of course, eventually it can't make them out of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> or cold cereal. Aww. So eventually you are so depleted and your enterocytes. I was just getting started, by the way, what our gut does for us. Did I interrupt you? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so our gut flora creates the neurotransmitters, the serotonin, the dopamine, the endorphins. It also creates all the natural antibiotics that help keep us healthy. Mm-hmm. Keeps the floor in balance. Yeah, keeps everything. It it's the, you know, it's the it works in cooperation. I I hate to think of it as being violent where it kills things and No, no, I like that. I like the yeah. word cooperation. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, and even when we do our gut floor, we have supplements that just kill that eat the food. They it doesn't kill. It eats the food that Candida wants. Yes. So Candida naturally just gets back in balance. And then another supplement, the Spanish black radish, that helps brush out the debris. Yes. So there's supplements you can take to help this, but um, you know it also gets the if you have healthy enterocytes that will adsorb or chelate the heavy metals out of you. You can eat fish that has mercury in it, and it will take it right out of you. Now, what is an enterocyte? Well, we covered that in, oh, many podcasts, but one of them Didn't was... Didn't we just do that recently? Yeah, it seems like we did, but we did, and you can, I talk about an introduction to the gut. Right, and the and, enterocytes are just the cells that make up the villi. Yeah, and we also, seven false medical myths that will blow your mind, I think. I think it's in there. That was in number 51. Yeah. So the, the gut is like the roots of a tree. You know, if the roots of a tree are weak... Yeah, if it's in if it's in soil that's not mineralized, if there's not enough water, if there's not enough warmth, what happens to it that tree? It falls over. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's all these all, it's all these people that are saying they're throwing everything into fibromyalgia, or chronic fatigue, or systemic intolerance. Oh, I can't remember. There's a new name for this. Exertion, systemic exertion intolerance disorder. Holy smoke. That's it. Holy smoke. You're kidding me. No, systemic exertion intolerance disorder. It's a brand new, shiny new disease. So cool. Yeah. So when our roots are weak, then the tree falls over. And the roots of the body is the gut. It's the gut. It's the center. It's the center chakra. It's the middle of everything. It's, It's vulnerable. It's... You don't want anybody to hurt it. You know, that's why we curl up into a ball when we're being attacked or if something. If you planted, if we decided here at our house, you know, the, you know, next spring, and we're going to go out there and put, oh, a half a dozen fruit trees across the back of the yard. We have deer. We have, you know, not where the deer and the antelope play, but where the deer play. <laughs> have what would we do to protect those trees? If you have a newborn child... What are you going to do well, to protect food. the developing gut of that Good newborn food. child, the tree of that yeah. b- child's body? The fruit trees, we're going to put a cage around it. 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna so put a stake in the so the don't. raccoons can't get to it. <laughs> we're gonna put a stake in the ground next to the tree, <laughs> and yes, we do. And we tie the tree to the stake, and then we put a chicken wire around the outside of that. Yeah. And we may put some guy wires, some strings in two or three different directions until that thing is healthy enough to stand on its own. You know, Madonna hired a cook for her. You've seen her body. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah, strong. And she's She's 60? older than I am. She's about 60, I think. Yeah. Anyway, she hired a cook that will only cook fermented foods. Yeah. That's the kind of foods we should give our babies. That's the kind of foods our mothers should be eating before yes. they get pregnant and yes. while they're pregnant and after. And Absolutely. Yeah. So fermented foods, good protein, good fat, and none of these you know, processed foods that we're eating everywhere. So why does bacteria have such a bad reputation then if it's doing all these great, wonderful things for us? Well, because nobody knows it's doing all these great, <laughs> wonderful things for us. Oh, oh okay. That's it. <laughs> well, because it's kind of associated with germs. Yeah. And germs are bad. Yeah, germs are bad. Yeah. We talked about that on the last podcast, but it bears repeating. If the germ theory were true in that germs kill us, there would be nobody left alive to believe the germ Why? theory. Why? Because our bodies are full of germs. Yeah. And bacteria. So it's like the old and, argument and between fungi. Pasteur and Beauchamp. Where Beauchamp said it, no, no, it's the soil, and Pasteur said, no, it's the germ, and you know. But those who are the real healers on this planet know that it's the soil, not the seed. Well, you have to have everything in the world inside of you. Um, you know, we even have cyanide in us, but that getting out of balance is pretty deadly. You know, we we need to train our immune systems when we're little teeny babies. That's why little babies push to get down on the floor because they need to get down on the floor with the fungi and the viruses and the bacteria and the parasites and have them train their body. Instinctually, they know that, don't they? Instinctually, they push to get down there. And then you put them on a blanket because you're scared to death of germs and they crawl off the blanket. You scream and grab them and put them back on the blanket. Just just Wednesday, I took care of a brand new baby. Well, she's three months old. And um, while I was checking her and figuring out what I needed to do with her because her head's pulled off to one side, a little torticollis, uh, her binky fell out on the floor. Mm-hmm. And mom was there, and this is her firstborn. Oh, and grandma was there, and this is like her 10th or 12th grandchild. <laughs> and mom just panicked that this binky had fallen on the floor. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Put it back in her mouth. It saved and her they, life. And they looked at me like, What? Oh, the grandmother oh, did too. Well, she was she wasn't sure what to do. Yeah. But the new the new mother, who happens to be a nurse, nothing yeah. against nurses, she just panicked, and she said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "She needs the bacteria that's on this floor." Yeah. And she what? Yeah. I said, "Don't worry about it. Put it back in her mouth. You got a healthy baby here. She needs exposure to that bacteria because she's been nursed. She's a healthy baby. She's going to be okay." I think it's a five minute rule. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and this was five seconds because she grabbed it like like she had just she was dropping a bar of gold between the grates of a sewer drain or something, and she grabbed it so quickly, but it did hit the floor. Oh, five seconds, that's so, fine. So my I, my dad used to say this. He grew up in the haulers of Kentucky, and you know, people it was tough. And he said these kit little babies would get thrush, which of course is very treatable well, now. just candida in the yeah, throat yeah, yeah yeah so he they would get thrush and their babies would die i mean literally they would, their tongues would swell up and suffocate them it was horrible death but they knew if they put a dirty dish rag in yes. the baby's mouth it would save their life but he said there were women that were just too pious that would not do they that. they would not do it those sots they just 
They just wouldn't do it. Well, see, we, we need to be one with the world, so it doesn't kill us. Well, this mother uh, yesterday or the other day uh, went ahead and grabbed a sterile wipe that you oh, wipe the baby's boy. poopy butt with, and she wiped off the binky with that. I said, you're going to put that that back in that baby's mouth. At least rinse it off with some water for Pete's sake. Don't put those chemicals (laughs) back in her mouth. Wipe it on your shirt. Well, anyway, but she was just shocked when I suggested you put that dirty binky back in her mouth. We don't eat feces feces because it smells bad. And we don't drink water from a stagnant, smelly pond because it doesn't taste good. So as I said before, we've, we've known all these these things for a long time and they built our immune system. It was the kings and queens children that were so weak and and would die at the slightest little bug that would come by because they kept them inside. They wouldn't let them get out with all the people in the in the village. They kept them away from the sun and they probably ate more sugary foods than other people because they probably had access to them. But a little, you know, a dignitary would come by and visit the little prince and, you know, give them a cold virus or something and the prince would die. Yes. Because they had not trained their immune system. Yeah, whereas the average mother here in our country today, if she really knew the value of what you're talking about, when she called the kids in for dinner and she looked at them and she said to them, you're not dirty enough. Get back out there and play some more. <laughs> yeah. That's a wise mother. Get out there and get well, dirty. Well, it makes them strong. And, you know, you, you know, you don't want them doing anything crazy, stupid. But well, you don't want them drinking out of a stagnant yeah, pond. That's yeah. true. But you know what? You did it. You guys did it when you were young. You swam in these ponds. Oh, we did. I know. That's we, where we they got polio from. We swam in the same from. ponds we fished out of. I know, because they had such poor immune systems and ate too much sugar. Yeah. That's why. Now, I'm not telling you to go do that swim in stagnant ponds no, or anything no. you but make sure if you're going to swim in a river not a swimming but pool, after seeing the make movie make sure the water's the moving renov- <laughs> they're relevant <laughs> they're relevant the reno- the re- no the relevant no, no it's not the relevant re- the, re- the revenant the revenant well it's relevant but it's the revenant the relevant revenant he was in everything talk about dirt and oh my goodness and you know and even no nutrition and infection and then they ate raw meat oh yes and raw the fish raw bone marrow yes if you watch that movie very closely he pokes the their, bone marrow their, out um, of a their bear. Uh, science advisors for the movie to make sure it's accurate knew what they were doing yeah, he would he would find a dead animal and he'd push the bone marrow out of the dead out of the bone and eat the marrow. Yeah, and he survived. And he survived. Hey, how about that? And it was a movie, and it was Leonardo it DiCaprio. Had to be true. It's true. It's true. Okay, so so how do you improve gut gut bacteria? Um, you do gaps, but to do it simply, just start off easily and to, and download our you know. Cheat sheet and eat right food. Eat the right foods. Hopefully, um, you know fermented foods and good fat, good protein. Well, something you're always saying is to heal and seal the gut. So, oh, yeah. What what happens? Well, that's if, gaps. Yeah, and what happens if we have a leaky gut? Well, toxins absorb right into your body without resistance. Oh, that's not good. And they get distributed around your body. Oh, there you go. There you go. There's that arthritis in that elbow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there it is. There's that dementia in your brain. Yeah, there it is. There's that autism in your child. There's that asthma in the lungs. Okay. So you so, get these alive and kicking microbes into the bloodstream and they get distributed around the body. Yeah, the alive and kicking microbes get into your bloodstream and they get distributed 
all around your body and undigested food gets into your body mm. and then the immune system attacks them and it manifests as food allergy or an intolerance. Yeah, because your body starts building antibodies to this mm-hmm. stuff and the next time you eat that food with a leaky gut, you're going to get a peanut reaction, a shellfish reaction, something like that. Yeah. So, and you know, and all these So what can happen? We can get panic attacks, depression, manifests of course asthma and skin rashes or here's a big one chronic cystitis UTIs mm. that's it's not a kidney infection okay no it's, it's in to- the bladder it's a toxicity yes it's a bladder because when this stuff gets through the gut into the bloodstream where's the body going to try and get rid of it through the urine right so you get urine. a buildup of these toxins in the bladder you get chronic cystitis yeah psoriasis can I tell the story? Can I, can I, can I? Yeah. I, I have, no, have we said it yet? Oh, maybe we have. Oh. Say it again. Tell oh, it again. I'm just so excited. We got this. I think we did tell it. About but tell three. it again. Do it briefly. I We're got running a tw- out okay, of time. Okay, 23-year-old boy came in to see me. Man. He's not a boy. He's a man. Came in to see me, and he had such massive psoriasis all over his body that it made me want to cry. I mean, his face was, he looked. It looked like. It looked like he was disintegrating. Yeah. Like he was coming apart. Yeah, it was so sad. And his face, even when he smiled, it was like cracking. And then by the end of our visit, his face was flaking everywhere. And he turns to me and says, Mary, this isn't just my face. It's everywhere. Well, I put him on gaps. He got a pretty good protocol because he was in such bad shape. Um, wasn't the wasn't what I I wanted to give him a few more things, pretty you know, supplement wise, but he got a pretty good one and he was wonderful and put it on, you know, payments and everything. I just felt so bad, but I just knew, and I know, his body is set to repair and restore. So he did it. He did the diet perfectly, and he um, came back six weeks later, and I didn't even recognize him. Yeah, I saw him. And he said, Mary, I'd pull up my shirt, but I don't think I will. But he says, it's all gone. Yes. It's all gone. Six weeks. Six weeks. He had some healing left to do. How long had he been suffering from psoriasis? Four years. Yes. And six weeks you had it gone. And guess where it started? With a horrible antibiotic. Yeah. Horrible. And what did they throw at him when he got a rash? An antibiotic. More antibiotics. Yes, because yes, we don't have healers anymore. And steroids. They threw that at them, too. Lots of cream. Well, see, the thing is, that's all they have to fight this stuff. Yeah, because the pharmaceutical industry has such control of the medical industry, they're so limited in what they can actually do. Yeah, and let me tell you about the gut. Because he went to a bunch of natural healers, and they put him on a bunch of herbs and they tested him for allergies, and they did, and he had a huge list of allergies and foods he had to stay away from, and it was just crazy making. And I said, nobody, nobody healed your gut, the roots of your tree. These herbs aren't curative. These antibiotics aren't curative. The steroids aren't curative. Your own body cures you. You get your gut healthy, and you'll be able to absorb the food you need so you can rebuild your you know body. You how... That is shockingly new information for a lot of people, what you just said, that it's only your body that actually does the healing. Yeah. Drugs don't heal. No. Surgeries don't heal. Uh-uh. You know, you cut your hand, you can suture it up, but it's not the sutures that heal the hand. Yeah, the hand heals itself. So if you can get your gut healthy enough mm. for, for a myriad of different reasons, but mostly so you can absorb good food and then you eat good food. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a thought instead of ice cream. And, you know, when you're sick, oh, I need some ice cream. I need some pops. You know, 
I mean, it's just terrible. But if you eat, you know, broth and the good food, the chicken soup that we used to do, and then you get your gut healthy so you can absorb and break down, and, and then you can excrete the toxins, you can excrete the viruses, you can excrete the heavy metals, you can excrete the pathogens, everything out of you, hopefully out your colon. Yes. Then you've actually done something curative for your body. You can also get a drop in blood sugar levels with a bad gut. You can drop in energy, of course, and migraines. And all diseases begin in the gut, as Hippocrates said 2,300 years ago. Yes. So if you get sick, boil a chicken, drink the broth, and eat kefir and yogurt, maybe do an enema or two, and you won't need a doctor. That's amazing. Yeah. There's some curative stuff for you. (laughs) So... Uh, you or you're always telling anybody that I hear you and you're consulting is to consulting with is to eat broth and fermented foods. And we, we mentioned Madonna there a moment ago who has a cook that only makes fermented foods. Yeah. Eat meat, eggs, fish, and dairy and spices and ferment as much as you can of those. You know, we need that in our diets every day. Um, people with MS, for instance, should eat a few eggs and about 2.2 pounds of butter a day. You can't rebuild your myelin sheath without butter. That's right, because it's fat. Yeah. It's a saturated fat. Yeah. The myelin is a saturated fat. Now, unfortunately, it takes a long time for the nervous system to turn over, so you have to eat this for a long time. But, hey, who doesn't like cream? Who doesn't like butter? Who doesn't like bacon? Who doesn't like this stuff? Just really? communists. I mean, wild salmon. <clears throat> Just confidence. I'm sorry. Oh, that, no, you're sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I, yeah. just, I, had, I just had to say <laughs> That's that. terrible. Wild salmon has almost twice, is almost twice as rich in cholesterol as lamb fat or beef fat or dairy fat. That's straight from Dr. McBride's mouth. Fat, cholesterol reverses heart disease and prevents it also. And anytime it goes into a healing mode, it needs tons of cholesterol. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's why your cholesterol can jump right after surgery. Yeah, so don't get a cholesterol uh, test. Quit out. worrying about it. Yeah, it, you know your, your brain is whatever it is. Your brain's about forty percent cholesterol. It's about forty percent saturated fatty acids, and there's about twenty percent some other things. And no healing can happen without cholesterol and saturated fatty acids. In fact, the more fat that you have in your diet, the more saturated fat, and I'm talking animal fat, Mm -hmm. the faster your body will heal from any disease. Yes, but if you go get your blood test done after a great trauma, you know, your mother dies or Or you you go to the dentist or you eat a lot of sugar like right after Christmas and you go get a blood test, your cholesterol is going to be up. Your blood cholesterol will be high because it's trying to get those... That fat, that healing fat with the nutrients and everything in it around to the wounds inside your body. Yeah, but it's caused by the excessive amounts of insulin going through the system because of the excessive amounts of sugar you've been eating. Yeah. And eventually your body begins to be insensitive to insulin. Uh, We call it insulin sensitivity where you have symptoms of diabetes but high levels of insulin. And the ins- and then because your body is not absorbing the sugar out of the s- bloodstream into the cells, it's releasing more insulin and more insulin. And insulin is is very 
uh, irritating to the walls of the arteries. Inflammation, And it's right causing there. lesions throughout the body that your body is flooding cholesterol to to try to heal it as a Band-Aid. And then when a clot forms and there's cholesterol in the clot, they want to blame the problem on cholesterol, which I've said in other podcasts, it's like going to an auto accident and blaming the accident on the gasoline that's all over the road, yeah. which is absolute nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a never-ending ulcer inside of your body. We're either repairing, repairing or, or building mm-hmm. at, one, at, at any or point in time. tearing down. If, if, if well, there is some of that going on, but mostly what the, what the body is doing, because it wears itself down, it's either repairing problems or it's building new tissue. You can't do both at the same time yeah. without a lot of problems. And so it's the energy is directed one way or the other. And if you're in a constant state of inflammation, you're in a constant state of repair. Yeah, it's chronic. That's what's yeah. called a chronic and disease. That's, that's what leads to high levels of cholesterol. Do you know 90% of violent criminals have low Cholesterol. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. So a study was done of some of, of some violent people in prison, not think. just normal prisoners, violent prisoners. They can't think, and they probably have a really bad gut, so they can't calm themselves down. They can't make neurotransmitters. So what we recommend is to do gaps every year for a month, right after Christmas is a good time after you've eaten. All. So do it once a year yeah. for at least a month, at least, a and month. usually right after Christmas. Yeah. Take Isn't that when the Chinese recommend one of the? Cleanses during the year is no, right spring after? And, no, spring and fall is when your body naturally winter. cleanses. Okay. Yeah, But another thing you can do is take a probiotic every day, um, especially if you weren't nursed. That's highly important. You have a life sentence of taking a probiotic every day. You need to have it in the lumen. You need to have the good bugs, the good bacteria going through the lumen, the inside of your intestines, fighting the fight because yes. you don't have it embedded in the walls. And then you can also stay away from sugar, of course. That's the big thing. Um, Magnesium deficiencies are caused by too much sugar. Mm -hmm. And in order for the body to process one molecule of sugar, it needs 56 molecules of magnesium. Yeah, I've heard that. And almost as much chromium. So your body will pull from your bones, your brain, your muscles, your blood vessels to get magnesium. So usually another symptom of of magnesium deficiency is high blood pressure also because your blood vessels need calcium to contract and magnesium to relax. Hmm. And my magnesium binds with sugar and that's, and so you can't use it. And that's how kids get hyperactive. It's a magnesium deficiency brought on by sugar. So what I recommend, cause it's so hard to stay away from sugar sometimes take cataplex GTF, that glucose tolerance factor, which has natural chromium in it and magnesium when you overeat sugar. All right. Cataplex GTF is a standard processed product. They also have magnesium lactate. I would recommend taking that too. For a good source, yeah. Yeah. So what do you do if your child wasn't breastfed? Yeah, because, you know, there's more and more. I, I see this more and more. This, well, this same nurse that had the baby that dropped the binky, she only nursed for a couple of weeks, maybe well, three weeks, because she's, well, I just couldn't produce it. I'm under so much stress, I couldn't produce the milk. You know, I mean, the Germans mm. found out... In 1940, you won't have a Down syndrome baby if you have iodine in your diet, which we used to always have in our diet. Always, because we ate it from the sea. So all these forbidden things we, we don't know about. Just get your gut healthy, have beautifully smart, healthy children, raise your baby's IQ. By- you, mean, you mean it's not genes? <laughs> you mean genes don't determine our destiny? No, they don't. Um, 
In fact, all we really get from our father is our, you know, how we look. <laughs> and you may Which get, in some cases is a good thing. You may get some mutated genes, but they don't have to turn themselves on. So that's really important. Well, we're all equipped with such a huge choice of genes to use. We know that in our DNA, only about 10% of our DNA, in fact, uh, contributes to what we look like and how we're made and put together. 90% of it in there came along for the ride. And of course, with uh, the DNA that's down in the heart and core of the genes, uh, your body has such a such a tremendous choice to choose from. And, and you know, I mean, who chooses which genes you're going to use on a daily basis? What is, what is the, the major factor that determines whether a gene turns on or off? Bad nutrition. Well, bad nutrition, yeah, okay. Bad nutrition isn't going to turn it on. No, no. It's, it's, it's nutri- your nutritional status, period. Yeah. Bad malnutrition, malnutrition will not allow the good genes to actively function and some bad genes can turn on as a result. Yeah. And you can put it back to sleep, though, also. I mean, there's some things you can't do if you're born with, you know, Down syndrome. It's kind of late then. But. Well, yeah, because of the formation. But, I mean, depending on what you eat on a daily basis, what chemicals you're exposed to, other environmental factors, you actually do choose by the environmental influence in your life, which genes in your body you're going to express and which genes are going to stay dormant. So how does the gut relate to that? Well, if you have a healthy gut, it's going to detoxify the system. Anything that you breathe or, or eat or drink that you didn't know was in some local yeah, so restaurant e- e. or... Yeah, if, if you've got a healthy gut, it's going to get that stuff out of there. If yeah. you have a sick gut, it's, it could become part of the nest bed contribute to more internal poisoning that can turn uh, contribute to more bad gene expression. So whatever genetics you were born with just isn't all that important. It's more the environmental factors that you that you choose for yourself that they're going to predetermine your health. Yeah, so today we covered why bacteria can be really good and how it can help you live longer and we've covered why it's so important and how you can make your it can make your life better if you have the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. And longer. Mm-hmm. It's not about living long. It's about living well while we're alive. Boy, is that ever true. Yeah. So this is why we've created a complete list of good foods and foods to avoid in case you want to prevent not only cancer, but also diabetes, thyroid problems, depression. I mean, the list goes on and on. Head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and grab your copy of the Ultimate Food Cheat Sheet that reveals which foods you should consume and which to avoid. Yay for good bacteria. Yes. Well, (laughs) you know, the thing is, is that uh, the diseases that I just mentioned, all all of them are the result of malnutrition Mm -hmm. and improper physiological functions in the body brought on by malnutrition. Well, and and the thing is, you can eat really well, but if you can't break it down and absorb it, and if the bad stuff gets in and doesn't get excreted, you know... So you got to get the gut healthy first and then eat well. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. So be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps right now and grab your free copy today. Okay. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. 
This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.